title of this message, if you take notes, The Will of God and How to Find It. The Will of God and How to Find It. That's basically what we're going to talk about as we get going tonight. Sound good? Yeah. Intriguing topic, correct? I almost fell on Waggy's pedal board. I'm going to scoot that back just a little bit in case I get wild. Um, Ephesians 5, verse 8, it says this. For you, remember the Apostle Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus. He says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Verse 15, see then that you walk circumspectly. That word circumspectly, uh, it means carefully or make sure you know your surroundings is kind of the idea. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore... Do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And don't be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. The idea there of be filled with the Spirit, it is it literally could be translated be being filled with the Spirit. And the idea is constantly being filled with the Spirit. It's not like the Spirit of God happens one time in your life and you're set. The idea of being filled with the Spirit is a daily renewal of God's strength and Spirit in our life. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking another, to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you again for your word. We ask that you would speak to us now. And as we talk about this idea of your will, your plans, your purposes, and how to find it. We pray that you would help us discover it for our life and the future and the, the, the plans that you have for us. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever lost anything before? You ever lost something before? Every single day. Keys, phone, wallet, shoes, pretty much everything. One time, um, Hannah and I lost our car. True story. Um, we had we had gotten back from a trip, kind of like the one we just took, and uh, we we landed in Orlando Airport, and we had parked our car in the long-term parking, um, which you know is like you have to take a bus, you know you, you drop it off, you take a bus to the to like the main terminal, and then you do your trip, and then after your long trip, if you don't write it down, you have to remember where you parked your car. Um, and so we came back, and I can't remember if I thought we wrote it down. I th we were pretty confident of where our car was. And we took the bus over to where we believed our car to be, and we got there, and our car wasn't there. And we're like, this is kind of confusing because I'm pretty sure, like, this was the number, this was the location, this is where we left our car. And we were really confused. We then realized that there's two lots. There's the blue lot and the red lot. Our car was in the red lot, and there we were in the blue lot. Classic. So we, 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 thought, we thought we lost our car, and I remember being like, and it was a long trip. We just want to get home. Like we, We're like, where in the world is our car? Like, this is ridiculous. And then we're like, ah, the car's not lost. We're lost. We're looking in the wrong place. Like, we thought we, this is where the car was supposed to be, and it wasn't there. We were looking 
in the wrong place. And the reason I bring that up is because oftentimes when it comes to the, w- the will of God, this is how we are. We think that God's will is lost. Like, where is the will of God? I know God has a plan for me. I know he's got a purpose for me. But God's will is not lost. We're lost. We're confused. We're looking in the wrong place. We think it's impossible to find, but in reality, we're not looking where God wants us to be looking. Now, Paul in this text makes a couple of statements regarding to the will of God. The the first one is in verse 10. He says, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And then secondly, in verse 17, he says, understand what the will of the Lord is. So finding out what is acceptable to God and find or, or discovering, finding out, understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, when we talk about the will of God, what exactly do we mean? Now, another way of saying it would be God's plan for my life, God's reason for my life. The Bible makes it clear that God cares about our lives, that he thinks about us, he knows us, and he even tells us that God has a good and perfect plan for my life. And knowing the will of God, if you were to know the will of God, it is being confident that you are experiencing all of God's best for your life. When we say, what is the will of God for my life? What we're saying is, what is God's best for my life? And how do I know if I'm experiencing God's best for my life? And that's a question that I think we carry with us for most of our life. Because wherever we're at, whatever season we find ourselves in, there's always a question in our mind that says, am I experiencing God's best for my life? Is this situation, is this relationship, is this circumstance, is this house, is this city, is this school, is this job, is whatever, am I experiencing God's best for my life? And so when we ask, what is the will of God for my life? We're saying, what is God's best for my life? And how can I experience it? And it's trusting where you are and what you're experiencing and who you're with is exactly what God intended and what we were designed for. And I think it's a big thing we want to figure out, isn't it? Like a big thing like, is this, is this what I was designed for? Like here I am, a human person on planet Earth, going through things, And is what I'm experiencing and who I'm doing it with and where I'm going and all of these things, is this what I was designed for or am I missing something bigger and better for my life? So it's a big question. It's a big thing that we want to experience and understand because none of us want to miss out on God's best. None of us want to wake up at the end of our life and go, wow, that was a waste. Like I did all of these things and I thought it was going to make me happy and I thought I was going to experience the best. And I'm looking back and and I'm filled with regret and remorse and shame and guilt, disappointment all across the board. How do I know I'm experiencing the best of my life? And this text that we read gives us insight into the will of God and how we find it for ourselves. And I want us to see three things about the will of God and how to find it. Number one, God's will is a process and a discovery. God's will is a process and a discovery. I think, and and let me just be the first to tell you, that you're not alone when it comes to wanting to know the will of God. 
I think sometimes we think like, man, everybody's got their life figured out. Everybody knows exactly what they're going to do, where they're going to go to school, what job they're going to have, when they're going to get married, how many kids they're going to have. Their whole life, it just seems like they've got it figured out, and I'm the only one that's confused and just like, I don't know. Is, is it just me? Let me tell you, it's not just you. Like, all of us have those questions. Everyone else seems to be doing exactly what they're doing. They're not. They're just as confused as you are. And Paul tells us that in this text, we have to find out what is acceptable to God. And if you're asking, what is God's best for your life? Not only are you not alone, you're actually in a really good place. If you have paused and asked the question, like, what is God's best for my life? What is the will of God for my life? Am I experiencing all of God's best? Not only are you not alone, you're in a really good space to be asking that question. Because the word Paul uses to show us the will of God isn't experienced overnight, but it's something that you learn. The idea of finding out is a process. It's something you discover. If I told you to figure out what my favorite song was, like I want you to figure out what, what is my favorite song. Now, don't just ask me like, what's your favorite song? No, no, I want you to find out what my favorite song is. You would have to ask questions. You'd have to get to know me. You would have to like go on a long car ride with me and see what kind of playlist shuffle I was into. Like you would learn about me really quick that I listen to whole albums through. That especially on a long car ride, I will not finish, like skip a song in the middle of it. I will finish the song. And for the most part, I will put on track one. And I will listen to the whole 45, 47, 52 minutes of an album till it is completed. And then I'll go to the next one. Isn't that pretty crazy? Some of you guys are like, what? No. You listen to half a song and then you play the next one. No, no, no. Whole albums, front to back, you enjoy the journey. That's besides the point. If you travel with me, you, you would it would take time for you. And then at the end of, of an experience or life, you could say, okay, I think based upon you, this is the type of music that you like. And this might be your favorite song. Now, you probably couldn't figure it out because I have no idea what my favorite song is. That's not the point. In order to find out what the will of God is, you need to be around God and get to know him. You can't know the will of God if you don't know God. But when you're with God and you're growing in your relationship with him and you're around the things that he's doing, you will find yourself finding out what the will of God is. He says, he says, find out what's acceptable, acceptable to the Lord. It's a, it's a process. It's a discovery. It's something that you have to search and find. Now, there's another sense where the will of God will always be in some way a mystery. That, that you will never really arrive and say like, yes, this is it. <laughs> this is exactly what God has for me, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be, and I know without a shadow of a doubt that this is the will of God for my life. There's an element where it, it will always be a little bit of a mystery because it forces us to seek, to discover, and it forces us to have faith. If God laid everything out for us and it was just something like he gave you as soon as you became a Christian, like here is, this is your 10-year, 5-year, or 50, whatever it is, plan. This is, this is it. You became a Christian. This is your life now. There would be no need for faith. There would be no need for prayer. There would be no need for the word of God. If God just said like, yep, here it is, all laid out for you. 
And everything you need to know, there it is. No, there's an element where we will always be seeking God and what he has for my life. There's constantly a need to grow and find out what is acceptable to God, no matter where you're at with God. I'm still discovering what the will of God is for my life. And you might think like, well, what else is there to discover? Like, you're married, you have a job, like, you're involved in a church, like, you have a house, like, what else is there? Because, like, when, when, especially when you're your age, you're like, those are the big questions. Like, who am I going to be with? Where am I going to live? What am I going to do? Right? Those are the big questions. And you're like, how could you still be trying to figure out God's will for your life? Like, all those big questions are answered. Well, it's because God's will for your life is not something that you just arrive at and there it is. It's something that you're constantly seeking. You're constantly wanting to grow and find out what is acceptable to the Lord. And sometimes this is what's a season for your life. This is what God has for you. But then as you're in that season, you realize that that season is now beginning to end. And God is opening up a new door for you. And you're constantly seeking. You're trying to find out what is the will of God. There's always more to discover about God's plan for your life. Now, the other word that's used, he says, uh, find out what is the will or, or what's acceptable to the Lord. And then down in verse 17, he says, understand what the will of the Lord is. And the will of God is something, and we have to understand it. So not only is the will of God something that we just have to figure it out, but also the will of God is something. It's something. God does have a will, and he has something for you. And the idea of understand, it, it means to make sense of, and it means to accept. So when he says understand what the will of the Lord is, another way of saying that would be accept what the will of the Lord is. Like you, you, need, to, you need to not only just make sense of it in your mind, but you need to accept what it is. And there's some elements of the will of God that it's not a mystery at all. It's actually very clear, and we don't need to discover it. We need to accept it. And we realize that it is something that God has for me. And, when we're, and there are aspects of the will of God that, and when there's aspects of the will of God that we don't understand, what we do is go back to what we do understand and do those things. So, so, so many of the decisions you make in your life or you're looking at in your life, you're like, I don't know what this is. I don't know where God's directing me here. I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this situation. Well, whenever that's the case, you pause for just a moment. You time out for a moment in your life and you go, okay, what do I know God wants for me to be doing? What is the guarantee right here in this situation? What am I supposed to do? And you do the, the very obvious things and those help you with the unclear things. Because the will of God is something. The, the will of God is something. We have to accept what that is. And there's some things that God has made super clear regarding how you behave or how you speak or how you treat other people or how you treat those that disagree with you or how you treat those that you're in a relationship with. In God's word, there are very clear descriptions of his will for you. And so you must accept and do those things. I'm going to give you a list of a couple verses. They're not going to be on the screen, but just if you want to write them down and read them in your own time, these are guarantees God's will for your life. Ready? I'll give you four of them. Ready for them? Romans chapter 12, verse 2 is a guarantee of God's will for your life. Romans 12, verse 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. You can write 1 Thess. 
You're like, I can't even spell for Thessalonians. First Thess 4.3, and then again, First Thess 5.18. And then also First Peter 2, 13 through 16. First Peter 2, 13 through 16. So again, Romans 12 through 2, 1 Thessalonians 4.3, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and 1 Peter 2, 13 through 16. All of them are God's will for your life. I can say that confidently. You know why? Well, it's because in those texts it says, this is the will of God. <laughs> it says very clear, this is God's will for your life. And when there's areas that we don't know, we fall back and do what we do know. So God's will, you need to understand that it's a process and it's a discovery. Second thought tonight about the will of God is that God's will is a purpose and a perspective, not a place. God's will is a purpose and a perspective, not a place. Now, notice earlier he said that we are light, no longer darkness, so walk as children of light. This is really a reference to what Jesus said about you in Matthew chapter 5, where he said, you are the light of the world. So Paul tells us what he's saying here is to be who you are, to be who you are. I think we often think of God's will as a place that God wants us to be at or a position that he wants us to fill. Like God's will for my life is living in this zip code. Or God's will for my life is going to this school. Or God's will for my life is being with this person. And it's like it's a place. It's a location. Like this is what matters. But the reality is God's will for your life, he's less concerned with where you are and more concerned with who you are. Because when you're the person God wants you to be, then you'll find yourself in the place God wants you to be. Because it's way less about what you're doing, but more about who God is making you. And he tells us that the goal for you, and it happens as you walk in the light, he says, is to produce fruit. That's the word he says. He says, walk as children of light. And then he tells us there, walk, uh, I lost it, I, this whole chapter is like walk in love, walk in light, walk circumspectly. So I got confused. Walk, he says, as children of light. And then he says, for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. The idea of fruit is the natural byproducts that your life produces. What, what just comes out of your life naturally? What are the signs? What are the characteristics? What are the qualities that just come out of your life naturally? He says, the fruit of being in light is goodness, righteousness, and truth. And when you're in the will of God, these things and more godly qualities will be produced in your life. He says, but when you're not in the will of God, or he calls that darkness, when you're not in the will of God, uh, your life will be, he says, unfruitful. Now, really, no matter where you're at, whether you're walking in the will of God or you're walking out of the will of God, your life is going to produce something. But when he speaks of unfruitful, this idea of being unfruitful, it means that the fruit that your life is producing, the things that your life is producing, has no value to it. No, nothing of consequence, nothing substantial it, your life is producing when you're in darkness or when you're outside the will of God. But when you're in the will of God, your life produces the things that God wants you to produce. When you're not in the will of God, your life will not be producing the things that God desires for you. 
And I think oftentimes we, we look at the will of God simply by where we are. We look at it like, okay, I prayed about it, and I wasn't sure, but then I felt like this was the right decision, and so I went here, and now I'm here, and so I, yeah, I'm in the will of God. But then what happens is we find ourselves in the next season of life or in the next station of life, wherever it is, and, and oftentimes we, we, we are just like unsettled, like, well, I don't know. This isn't feeling like I thought it would feel. Like I made the decision about this school or, or whatever it was, and you're like, oh, man, I don't know if I, I don't feel like it was the right or whatever. Because we think of the will of God so much as a place, so much as a, as a thing that we're doing, a job that you might have. And so it's easy to go like, oh, man, that person's living in the will of God because they have this job or they're doing that thing. With the will of God, again, it's not, it's not a place. It's not like I can't get out a map and be like, that's the will of God for your life, right? Because, because if that were the case, then it, it, would be, it would be so easy to miss it. And it would be it would all about like one poor decision when you were 17 years old wrecks the whole rest of your life, right? That's not, that's not the case at all. You can make the wrong decision about what school you're, that you're supposed to go to. You can make the wrong decision and still find yourself in the will of God. Because once you're there, you realize, wait a second, okay, maybe, maybe there was a better school for me, or maybe there was a better situation for me, or whatever it was, but then you realize God is producing something in my life. He is changing me from the inside out. He is producing this idea of goodness and righteousness and truth. There's qualities coming out of my life that glorify God and are making me into the person God wants me to be at. And because God is transforming my life, I can be confident that I'm in the will of God, even though I might not be in the location I thought I was supposed to be at. The will of God, it is a purpose, and also I said it's a perspective. It's a perspective on, on what God is doing where you're at. And so right now, I, I think the biggest lie I think that I was, I, I believed, and I don't even think, even think I was told this, this was just something that I thought was true, is that God would use me one day when I had what I think I thought I needed to be used by God. And so my whole life, I, you know, I, I grew up in church, and, and my kind of story was thinking that, like, yeah, one day I'll get serious about God. And I kept thinking, like, I'll do all of these things. Like, first I want to experience this and go here and do that. And then once I experience all that, I'll get serious with God, and then I'll settle down, and I'll have all this experience behind me, and then God can use me. And then what I, the, the, the thing, and I'm sure many of you guys have heard this before, the thing that got me that when I surrendered my life to God is I felt like he said to me, you keep saying one day, why not today? And I kept thinking like, yeah, one day I'll walk with God. One day I'll do things for God. One day when I've experienced this, I'll be the person and experience the things that God has for me. And, and he just said like, like what, what are you waiting for? Like what is it that you think that I need from you? And you think that like a, a college degree is going to make you usable by God? Like sure, that can help. If that's what God has for you, it wasn't what he had for me. I barely made it through high school. I dropped out of college. Like, it just wasn't my story. But God had, had a purpose for me in the middle of it because he was making me something. Rather than making me be somewhere. But for you, it might be to go to college. 
And it'll be at school and in the classroom that God is transforming you and changing you and making you the person that he wants you to be. But trust me and, and believe me that purpose is not equal to position or place. It's not about what you're doing or where you are. It's about who you are and what God's doing in your life. And so quit thinking that one day you'll be used by God or one day you'll experience the will of God for your life or one day you'll have a purpose for your life. You are living it in it right now. And so what you have to decide is that I am going to experience and I am going to be the person that God wants me to be. I love that he just says, you're light, so walk as children of light. In other words, he's saying, this is who you are, so maybe you should start acting like it. Right? You've, you've ever been... Like told, I remember growing up, my dad would sit me down when I was being stupid or I'd be being maybe a bad example for my younger brothers or whatever. And he would sit me down and he'd be like, you're better than this. Like, there's nothing else I need to say. You're better than this. And those to me, or like the worst thing parents would say is just disappointed. <laughs> I would rather be you be furious than disappointed because disappointed says you've got so much more in you you can be so much more than you're being so so be who you are that's what Paul's saying he says you're in, you are light so walk as children of light this is who God made you to be so be who you are and that that applies to whatever situation you're at in life at school be who you are be who God made you to be at home be be who you are at work, in relationships, in friendships, on social media, wherever it is, be who you are. Be who God made you to be. All right, final thought. And worship team, you guys can come up here if they're back. Hopefully they're back. Point three, God's will points you and others in the direction of Jesus. God's will points you and others in the direction of Jesus. Now, Paul makes a very clear contrast between those that are light and those that are darkness. Now, notice the wording over and over. He doesn't say that you are in the light and that those are in the darkness. He says you are light and they are darkness. And, and the biggest contrast between light and darkness, he says, is one is producing something the other is not. One is producing good, godly qualities that will last for a long time. The other is not. And then he tells, uh, and those that are walking in light are those that are, are producing things that God wants them to produce. Now, Paul says something that strikes me a little bit. Paul says that those that are in light or those that are light, and he wants them to expose those that are in darkness. L listen to the word again. You have it there in verse uh, 11. He says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. And I like read that word. I'm like, expose them. I think of like TMZ and like the celebrities out doing their thing. And like TMZ shows up and it's like exposed. Like this person said they dated this person, but really they're dating this person. They're exposed. You know what I mean? It's like this like gotcha Journalism. Have, have you guys ever heard of, um, have you ever guys ever heard of Yeezy Busta? Yeah. So, so Yeezy Busta is on social media and his job is like to bust those with fake Yeezys. Like, 
Like his whole, his whole existence is he like zooms in on photos and he's like, busted, fake Yeezys. And you're like, nice, buddy. Got anything else to do with your life? Like, like you just know the shoes that well and you're just going to be like, yeah, sorry, buddy. You got God. Like, all right. But like I read this word, expose them. And I think a lot of times we think of like that idea. Where he's like, you're in light and you need to go around exposing those in darkness. Like we're a Christian and we're going to expose those that are not. And it's like kind of like, oh, all right. And you see a lot of people like behaving like this. Like they think that God's will for their life is to go out and tell every other person what they're doing wrong. Now, again, the, the illustration that he uses here is light and darkness, right? Light and darkness. And he says, if you're in the light, expose those. He says, expose them that are darkness. The way that light exposes darkness is simply by being light. Light doesn't have to go and try to expose the darkness. Like, we can, Julianne, let's do an illustration real quick. Let's expose this darkness real quick. Ready? Three, two, one. You know what I mean? Like, okay, thanks. You can. Ready, let's one more time. Three, two, one. All right, thank you. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I have so much power. But like, but it wasn't, light isn't aggressive on purpose. Light exposed, like we got rid of the darkness simply by turning on the lights. Right? It wasn't like. This gotcha, like, darkness, we're going to get you. Like, no, we're just going to turn the lights on, and the darkness is going to go away. And the reason I bring that up is because as a follower of Jesus, if we've said yes to Jesus, the way that we expose them, like, which is the scary, like, intense phrase, the way that we expose them is simply by allowing the light of Christ to shine through your life. Simply by being light, you expose the darkness. If you are a follower of Jesus and you are light, walk as children of light. If you are going to expose the darkness, all you have to do is show up. Because your light in your life, the, the light that God has given you, you are the light of the world, Jesus would say. The way that you expose that darkness is simply by being who God wants you to be. It isn't aggressive on purpose, it's just light. And when you're living as God wants you to live, it will naturally point people to Jesus and allow people to see their need for him. It isn't about going around and being a jerk and telling people all of their sins and where they need to change. There's a time and a place for that where we have a conversation with somebody and be like, you know what, God has better for you. Especially those that have claimed to be followers of Jesus. And you're saying like, man, be who you are. Be the person that God made you to be. You're acting like this, and, and this is who you actually are. There's a time and place for that. But light exposes darkness simply by being light. It's about allowing your life to be an example and a testimony of who God is and what he's done. And you are in the will of God when your life points other people to the life that they could have in Jesus. One of the things that I think should set Christians apart is their confidence in where they are. 
We shouldn't have to worry about where we are because if we're doing what God wants us to be doing and we're becoming the people God wants us to be be becoming, we could be confident that we are where we're supposed to be. And our confidence, just the, the fact that, like, I'm confident with where I'm at because I know I'm doing what God wants me to do. And our confidence should, should show people that, man, there's a better life following Jesus. There's confidence and security and substance and satisfaction in Jesus. Listen, the will of God is not an obvious plan or place or position. The will of God is about being the person God wants you to be. It's about producing godly characteristics, and it's about pointing people to Jesus. Because I believe whether they know it or not, everyone is looking for God's will for their life. You know, probably most people that, that wouldn't claim to know God or even have interest in God maybe not, wouldn't word it like that. They wouldn't say like, man, I'm, I'm wondering what God's will for my life is. Pro- they probably wouldn't say it like that. But everybody is looking for, why, why am I here? Like, what is the best life that I could possibly be living? What is the best experience, like, where I know and I'm confident that I am where I'm supposed to be? Everybody is looking for that. And when you can live yours and be confident in what God has for you, other people will desire what you have. You're like, how, how are you so confident, like, with what, what school you're going to? Or how are you so confident with, with, with the job that you're going to take? Or how are you so confident with, with, with the situation that you're at in life? And it's because, well, it's like, well, I know how, who I am in Christ. I know where I stand in Christ. And I know that every single day the will of God is something that I get to seek out and discover by faith and trusting in him and the spirit of God at work in my life. And I know that God is transforming me from the inside out. And if God is changing me and if God is growing me, then I can be confident that I'm where God wants me to be. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray, and the worship team is going to close us out.